Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garricks, coming to you once again from the Fairfield Comedy Club. Here tonight with my good friend and our headliner, Doug Smith. Doug, welcome to the pod. What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me. Our fucking pleasure, dude. You having fun tonight? It was a fun show. It was a blast. Yeah, it was good, right? Yeah. You fucking dominated. I was. I felt like, oh, I walked in here, I was like, oh, I put some asses in the seats, and then I found out that... Uh, a guy running five minutes was responsible for three quarters of the crowd. And I was like, well, <laughs> well, he had a good five glad minutes. To have him and put asses in the seats. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, and they were a good crowd. Matt, big shout out to Matt. What's his last Matt name? Orifice. Matt Orifice. How could I forget that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to tag him like, in this. We'll we'll have him on the pod soon too. He was great. When the host brought him up, I was like, oh, man, poor guy having his name butchered. First time brought up. Matt Orifice. Come on. And then he opens with a bit about his at last name actually being pronounced Orifice. Comedy I wonder gold, if it, Jerry. Comedy gold. Or maybe it's not. What if you just got introduced that way, and then you were just like, well, I guess right. i got to roll with this yeah, now. Is that good already? <laughs> came up with an A I, joke on the fly. <laughs> that's what, you know, I would frequently get, you know, brought up when I, you know, started and doing open mics and stuff like that as, like, Joe Jerricks. Yeah. And, uh... Dude, I, remember... I was calling you that up until, like, six months ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's actually why I'm bringing it up now. <laughs> I'm like, I wanted to publicly shame you in front of our uh, 35 and every, listeners. And every time, it still feels so unnatural. I have to catch myself. Well, I appreciate you doing that. I do. Because <laughs> uh, I haven't come up with anything witty to say when people yeah. fuck it up. I'm just like, ah, that's yeah, not yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess the other options you just roll with, and you're like, ah, I guess I'm Joe fucking Jerricks now. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Jerry. So, uh, Doug, um, you know, want to chat with you tonight uh, about an exciting project that you have upcoming. Uh, upcoming project. Yeah, you uh, yeah. got the album coming. Yeah, I hit the 10-year mark in January, and for so long I just was shitting on comics releasing albums like who, the, who fucking cares there's too nobody's listening to your album dude who gives a shit and then i talked to numerous people and found out that like people are listening it's great exposure people are listening and you can make comics make their living off albums yes yeah. it's not you know you're still sharing a, a one bedroom with six Dishwashers and bedside, but you know. Yeah, I was like, talking with Kevin McCaffrey about this. You can make $200 a month off no, of That's albums. what I was going to say. You can become a hundred air. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, well, that it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that I, when I think about, you know, comedy and, and a path in it, you know, I think about you got to have like multiple revenue streams, right? right? You can't focus on one thing. Like if you're just like, uh, you know, just whenever I perform, I get paid. Sure. You need something more than that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that's why I got this podcast and, you know, it's. <laughs> I don't want to throw any it financials out there, but uh, you know it's a hefty sum of money uh, <laughs> that I'm spending each week <laughs> to do this. So <laughs> it's an investment in my future and a future revenue stream. But that being said, album, yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it can take like it can take several years before you recoup the cost of what they put into producing it before you actually see. How much money? does it cost to produce it? I mean, I've heard all sorts of different figures between like five and seven grand, apparently. Five and seven Which grand. I have no idea where that money goes. <laughs> I think I think that some of that goes into like promotional materials and like. I would hope so. Uh, but you know, I'm doing all the design, like the art poster design. All so that who are shit. you paying this money to? 
Who am I paying what to? to this oh no, five... I'm not paying anything. Oh, that's okay. Like, that's like what they that they pay to do it for you, but then you don't. I won't make any money till they recoup that cost from sales. Oh, all right. You know? So someone's actually paying you to make an album. Kind of. That's kind of cool. Well, they're paying for me to make an album. You know, I'm not. I'm not making. Although I am going to do it at Union Hall. So that's the good thing about Union Hall is I can make. Uh, you know, you, you do well off ticket sales at Union Hall. Like you, they give you eighty five percent of the oh really door after uh, room costs. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to so Union Hall too. So I'll I'll like make money at the recording, which is cool. And then, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully down the line, it's and then once it starts rolling in, it's just like free money. I mean, you did this, you do two shows. And then and you want to do shows anyway. It right. gives you an impetus to tighten up your material. Exactly. That's it's great. Like, I just I'm blown away that like you know because I'm like if I you know at some point I would probably want to do an album. Um, you know I, I'm still ways off I think, but uh, you know I imagine doing. It, I'm like oh I will just have to you know start my own album. <laughs> I'll just have to record right. my own album, promote my own. Album. The fact that people are coming to you and being like hey. We'll invest this money in creating an album for you. That's pretty fucking sweet, dude. Yeah, and that that was the that was always the parameters for me being open to doing it. Like I've known so many people that are like, I'm releasing, I'm doing an album. It's like, oh yeah, with who? It's like I'm just gonna. Yeah, do it, no. Sometimes it. it's just like, it's like uh, right, no one's dude. asking for this album, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. But if somebody like is actually willing to do all the heavy lifting and you just do the shit that you know how to do, yeah, that's and great. get that big payout on the uh, on the show itself. Yeah. That's sweet, dude. <laughs> Another 100 air. <laughs> so when is the uh, recording? I haven't actually, I just like finalized the contract. I haven't set an official date yet, but I'm thinking probably like mid-April, early May. Oh, that's awesome, man. So it's been a slow like thing. It's like it's a lot of ins and outs of, of ne- contract negotiations, a bunch of boring red line shit, but... Um, yeah, I'm have like, you I'm have just you been going to, through all this, or is you uh, You know, it? like you try to get involved a little bit. Yeah, but I just you know, yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna be one of those like uh, true life stories. It's like you know, that's if <laughs> if I ever made it as a comic, I would definitely wind up one of those true life stories of like he was uh, he was swimming in money and women and <laughs> riches, and he lost it all. Because you'll be the he was Alan Iverson of, by his corrupt manager. You'll be Not the Iverson man- of comedy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Panhandle. Wasn't he like seen panhandling recently? Well, yeah, like at a mall. Or was, it, was it a rumor? I don't know if it was. It was I, I hope so it's a sad rumor. Because it well, what's crazy is he's like, gonna be like Iverson's panhandling. <laughs> he's got all this money just sitting in this trust that he can't get to yet. Yeah, because he had like the good sense at least to put the money in a trust to protect him from kind of I guess doing what he did with right, all the right. other money he had. Yeah. But uh, well, you know, also he he was a he's a special player, a real artist on the court. Um, so you know, being the Iverson of comedy would not be a terrible thing. Yeah, right. I know. You know, people would know you. That's the sad thing, Are though. You good you... with money? You're good with money. Stuff. Oh, am I good with money? Oh, I'm. You good own with a house. Monies. Yeah. Well, I mean, the <laughs> bank owns the house, technically. Yeah, I, I pay the bank, so I I don't own much. I don't know if I'm good with money, dude. I'm so bad with money that like I will notice weird charges. When, you know, when I'm checking my ATM balance, <laughs> like, and I'll just be like, this? if it's under $10, I'll be like, keep it. Yeah, you know? no, like, I feel I, the same it's way. It's worth not making the phone call. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll do the same thing. We we, uh, we just went on a trip, and afterwards, I like, checked my card, and there was like, something that was like, you know, 
some international charge for like direct marketing. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm probably right. I'm like, I don't remember that, <laughs> exactly, but probably. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm good with money. I've never had money, so we'll have to wait until I have money and then right. we'll determine. Probably after same, same. I get that album going. That's true. I'm not I'm not terrible at blowing the money that I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so how many years of material are you uh kind of squeezing so and like, you know, into in this? theory you would think that it would be ten years of worth of material, but no, it's, it's maybe like the last like couple years. Six years. Oh, you know? Still a good chunk, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is. It is. I think the old I mean probably the all this biz for probably from six years, but I'd say most of it, if not half of it, is the last three years. Yeah. And now, um, are you retiring the stuff that you've done already that you've like had televised, or would you no, include some of no. that? So some of that will be in the <clears throat> album as well. Yeah, every pretty much everything in my Conan set will be on there, and then the the this is not happening story that I did. I'm talking now about being able to get the rights to use the audio for that because I don't want to do it again yeah i don't want to do that story again because that was like four months of my life yeah i remember when you were putting that together i mean it came out great i i mean to get that to get that with four months of work is pretty impressive i think i mean that was like four months of like that's all i did on yeah. any show i didn't do any of my normal stand-up stuff it was just four well, months i remember of yeah i remember you uh we had the show at carmen you're like hey do you mind if i do i'm like yeah dude right you, and you and when you told me about it you're like i don't know if it's gonna be funny like it's more like a story yeah. and i was like do what you need to do and like you, you crushed right off with it like yeah it was like it it would it would uh that was the toughest part though because in some rooms it would be great but like the real test was doing it because I would do it in like club rooms too, and that's the real test. Because they're really not expecting to hear a fifteen-minute story that starts out that dark. Yeah, you know. Um, so like, I felt like if I could win over a club crowd, that's like when I knew it was okay. Yeah, there were plenty of times in clubs where it was just fucking nothing. <laughs> really, and the scary thing about that is like it's one continuous thing for fifteen minutes. Yeah, so you like, can't. Three minutes in, if you're not getting shit, you're just like, all right, this is going to be a long slog. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. You know? But you just got to do it. And it, honestly, it, it like having to do that, forcing myself to just bomb for 15 minutes made me so much stronger. Yeah. You know, just being like, I can't even be remotely affected by their lack of laughter right now because I'm literally just trying to run, the, run yeah. this and, t- and tweak things. And like, they're not laughing. I'll listen to it. I'll make those tweaks. And hopefully the next time... Anything know. that you can do to separate yourself emotionally from, like, the failure of, like, you know, that feeling of failure is great, right? Anything where you're like, ah, oh, they don't, they're not laughing. I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. it's... Uh, That's the great thing about comedy, man. It, it will bring you lows like most other people do not have, I think. Yeah. Can, like, the lows are harsh. Yeah. But I feel like it, it really does make you a stronger person. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's paid off anywhere but comedy, but, like, yeah. you know, I, I had a show uh, a few months ago. I mean, I had bombed, and, like, I can remember the last time, and it was just, like, nothing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize, like, this could still happen. Right. And then I was like, and it bothered me, but then I was like, yeah, fuck it. You know, for, like, ten minutes, then you just got to, like, let it go. You got to go back up, right? You yeah, just gotta, yeah, yeah. Do it again. Well, let me ask. Uh, got off track a little bit here, but you'd uh, so you're trying to get the rights uh, for the story right. for the audio. Would you release that as part of the album, or will that be, would like, be like a add-on? bonus? It would be like a bonus track. You nice. Know? So like, I'll probably do like 45 minutes of of material, and then that 15 minutes because like 
most albums are like an are like between forty five and an hour. Most of them, I'd say, are an hour. Yeah. And in theory, I could do an hour, but I'd rather do the forty five tightest minutes I could rather than throw some shit in there that's like, yeah, I could to stretch it to an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but who I really for one wants never to sit and listen to a comedy album for an hour, dude. I I am a big fan of of brevity, dude. I really am. Like yeah. these Netflix fifteen minutes, I think is great. I mean, I think half hour is ideal for comedy. I really do. Yeah. Of like, there's very few comics that I want to watch do an hour. You it's, know, it's start tough. to finish yeah. without. You know, well, that's why we keep this podcast short too. Point. You know, like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was just saying, like, God bless Joe Rogan and th- these three hour marathons that he does, but like. I'm listening to one right now. I was listening to one with David Lee Roth, and he's just fucking fascinating. Yeah. So, like, occasionally you'll get a guest that's like, this is phenomenal. Yeah. With but that, not I everybody gotta, is cut out for that. I'll pick the guest. Like, if it, yeah. that's what I'll, like, if it's like, oh, somebody. But even then, I, I, I can't remember a time I got through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, this format I like, because I'm like, hey, it's a low barrier of entry, right? You can be a guest. It's very little skin off your back, you know, sure, yeah. 10 minutes. And then also to listen it's like, ah, you know what? What's the word? If it sucks, it's over very shortly. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it doesn't ever <laughs> suck, though. <laughs> well, and it's just talking about upcoming projects or whatever. That's great. There's so many podcasts that, like, you're talking about what you jerk off to. Like, that's the theme of the pod, which is fun. But then you, like, you finish and you're like, oh, my God, I just totally spilled the beans. <laughs> and I always think, like, I always go into a podcast thinking, oh, I can talk about whatever I want because no one's going to listen. And then you leave, and you're like, oh, they have listeners. People are going to hear about me. Okay, well, first of all, don't worry. Uh, We don't have any listeners. (laughs) Just kidding, guys. You exist. (laughs) But uh, in the interest of brevity, I did did have one more question I want to ask you. And then we have to to do this again, uh, because it's always a pleasure to have you and always a pleasure to chat. But uh, as you look at your comedy career, what would you say was the smartest move you made or like the best decision you made? Um, Jesus, I know, for right? That, well, for I lack of like sounding, just chill out, casual conversation, then bam, big no, question. For lack of sounding like a, a fucking Pollyanna, I honestly think that the best thing, and this is ironic considering what you're going through now, the best thing for my career was having a kid. Yeah, it really was, because it, um, before that, I kind of thought like ah, I got all the time in the world, and I was kind of like enjoying the social aspect of comedy more than actually the craft and putting the work in and treating it like a job. Yeah. And which is fine. Like it's fine to do that. I mean, that is a big part of it, the hanging out. But I felt like once my son was born, I was like, all right, if you don't have a fucking backup plan and this is what you're doing and this is your, what you intend to do for a living and earn money from, um, like I said in my set, my wife is the major breadwinner. She supports us, but like being able to look at things from a perspective of like, all right, I really need to make this happen. And you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself, obviously, but it lights a fire under your ass like nothing else can. And it just becomes about like treating it like a job, which I wasn't doing before. Yeah. You know, and just being like, all right, may, there may be a little bit less hanging out, but it's like you go, you do your set, you bounce, you, you, Right, more every everything is just amplified because you feel tremendous crippling pressure to not fuck up. <laughs> wow, sounds I mean, there, no, there sounds is part great. of that. There is there is certainly doses of that, but 
Um, I, for one, I think it, I think it's helped me. I respond well to like discipline and a little bit of pressure. Yeah. And and I didn't have that before, so it was easy for me to become complacent and lazy. Yeah. And now, um, now it it really yeah it's it's made me wor- it's made me work harder and it's made my it's made my material more um, honest and like yeah that's personal. the first thing I thought you were gonna say you when know? you said uh, oh you know having a kid I was like oh yeah because it's like just this you know input of experience and potential sure, yeah. material yeah um so that that's where I thought you were going but you know the, <laughs> the crippling pressure thing is pretty cool too <laughs> don't do it <laughs> um, no it's great and like you know you also it also challenges you too because you think like I'm a dad I gotta write about this I gotta talk about this and then you're like well it's not unique to be a dad there's a, a billions of dads out there so and there's billion there's n- there's plenty of comics that are dads that talk about being a dad so it's like alright I need to talk about what's happening in my life but I also need to find a way to, to be unique and, and still just be me yeah, and so it also forces you to go personal. Like I feel like that my best bits about fatherhood are are like more personal anecdotes rather than just like generalizations over over something. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, it's I feel like it's really made me mo- look more inward and who I am and how I respond to things and my relationships with people. And every. I mean, of course, I was planting the seeds before having a kid, but I feel like everything good that has happened in my career what has an been interesting since. way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking raw dogged <laughs> the comedy scene for <laughs> six years before it paid off. Oh, well, Doug, uh, I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, looking Thank forward you, to man. the album. We'll have to have you back once you have a date set. So yeah, we can what a pointless thing this was to not be able to have an actual date to plug. <laughs> well, uh, you record my album. I, I know it'll be at Union Hall. Just hang out in fucking North Park Slope. <laughs> just for, for two months, few months. Between April and May. Yeah. Just hang out there. You'll see it. You'll be there. Uh, we will also have it on our website. We'll talk about it before it happens. Doug, we'll have you back again soon. Um, but, uh, oh, yes, plugging. So we plugged your, you know, album that isn't scheduled yet. Right. Where else can people find you? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, on the on the social medias at Who Doug Smith, Twitter and Instagram, and then, um, yeah, I mean, I I guess if I can plug a show, if that's okay, please. We gotta have you you. I don't think you've done it at Union Hall since we've been there. No, but I see haven't. See you in hell. Is a but a show that my buddy Matt Wayne and I run, and you haven't even seen the new format. No, you totally told me about thing. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a. Gr- it's I mean, it's a. Well, your old format was great for those of you who haven't uh, ever seen People in Hell. Uh, it's basically well, what it used to be was comics performing in various hells. Like they'd have to freestyle rap in the middle of the set, uh, you know, or be blindfolded and tortured during their set. All sorts of crazy shit. Right. But uh, yeah, what's the format now? So now, I mean, that was fun while it lasted, but we we needed a change of pace. So now it's more of a. It's more of a psychological hell. So we have everybody do a set. We basically play like the role of of hell recruiters. We're like Satan's sidekicks, and we recruit people for hell based on their behavior. 
So, like, every month we have, like, personal anecdotes about who's wronged us in the last month and why they have a special place in hell. There's some topical, newsworthy picks. And then every comic does a set unfettered, like, they just do a normal set. And then we join them on stage for an interview and ask them all sorts of horrible questions about their past <laughs> uh, that will, you know, result in, in hopefully a real bloodletting of sorts oh my in terms God. of their worst behavior. And people and are just agreeing to this. Yeah. And it because we set it up for a, it's like a safe space to be a monster and the crowd eats it up. And like the worse you are, the better it is. And like then the crowd votes at the end of whether or not they think you're going to heaven or hell. <laughs> and it's been a blast, man. We've been we've been doing it for like last six months and we've had people admit to the craziest shit like faking brain injuries and setting houses on fire Holy and like shit. stealing electronics <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> brain that injury that's fine the guy stole an iPod. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up there well, uh, and uh and when can people catch the show <coughs> it's a fun time and the next one is at union hall in brooklyn on march 29th at 10 p.m March 29th. So that puts some pressure on me to make sure we drop this pod before then. Uh I will do my best. But, Doug, thank you for being here and hope we can do it again soon. Absolutely. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. If you enjoyed the listen, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, special thanks to Eric Donnelly of the Alternate Roots for our amazing theme song, to Brendan Ruane at Light Switch Advisor for our website and social media needs. Check him out if you need any help in those areas. And, of course, to Vans, who provide all of our footwear. Have a good one. <laughs>